everybody. It's Stephanie from The Learning Project. I'm so excited today, you guys. I have Miss Mona Martin, you guys. If you don't know her, you're going to get to know her very well today. Um, I want to welcome you to our segment called My Personal Story of Our Fertility, Pregnancy, Adoption, and Miscarriage segment, you guys. We're going to be talking about some deep things. And so take this time just to... <sighs> Take a deep breath, get something to drink, you know, relax, and just take this time to reflect on your personal life and where you're at. We're gonna be listening to tons of different stories of women and men um, all over the country that are gonna be talking about their experience with creating a family and their own personal story. So Mona, thank you so much, and we wanna welcome you to this segment. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me, such an honor. Oh man, well, I'm ready to dig in this, you guys. This is going to be a great podcast today. So what is your encouragement to our listeners today? Well, I um, hopefully they will uh, be encouraged to know that regardless of what life might bring to them, whether they are have children or are unable to have children, um, life is still good. Um, things mm. are still good. Um, decisions we make, uh, we can overcome those decisions um, and and have a have a joyous life. Um, so that's what my hope is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, every segment, you guys, we're going to start off with a little encouragement because these are deep topics that we're going to be going into. And we want you to stay encouraged throughout the entire podcast as you are listening to this. So Mona, what is your story? Wow. Well, Stephanie, I, um, I am a mother of two sons. I have a 30-year-old and a 26-year-old, um, two boys. And um, and when I uh, heard about your story and I heard about what you were doing, and I volunteered to be a part of it, and I had forgotten about a part of my story, a part mm. of my life that I just, you know, you just tucked you tucked in and you just kept on moving, right? Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. after I had my youngest son, Xavier, I asked my doctor to do a tub tubal, mm -hmm. have my tubes mm -hmm. tied. And at that time, I was only 24 year years old. Wow. And, um, and my doctor was like, well, Mona, are you sure that this is what you want to do? And at that time of my life, I didn't want to be uh, I, I was already a single parent with two children. I yeah. didn't want to be a single mother with, with 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 multiple children by different fathers because I wasn't married at the time. Mm -hmm. And so my decision at that time was to have a tube, have my tubal, have my tubes tied. Yeah. And I and so that's what my doctor did. He granted my request by tying my tubes at the age of twenty four. Wow. I have a question about that. So when you're going through this process and you made this decision, what were what were the conversations? What were the things that people did or say that made you feel the way you felt? Because it sounds like there was a lot of, you know, pressure. And this is something that a lot of people say is I got my tubes tied because there were so many factors around me. So what were some of those factors or those, those events that happened in your life that just made you be like, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to get my tubes tied. Well, it wasn't anything happening around me. Mm -hmm. It was something that I experienced in my, my past. My mm -hmm. mother, my mother was, uh, my mother had six children. 
mm-hmm. um, uh, three miscarriage and three births. She had, you know, three girls, but she had three other babies that she mm-hmm. miscarried. Mm-hmm. And um, and and because of how we grew up and because of the story and what was exemplified before us, I decided at that age that I did not want to make the same mistakes mm. as my mother. Mm. And so that was the reasoning why I had decided to get my tubes tied after two children and at, at a young age. Wow, wow. You know what, you guys, if you're listening to this and you're already like, you know what, this is going to help someone and really take them through that process um, of like reflecting on their life, share this podcast right now. You know, take this time to think about, you know, your own personal journey and who this um, podcast can really help and just really send that strength and love to them. So Mona, you've made this decision to get your tubes tied. Um, You have two children at this point. What does your story look like after this? Well, after that, it it was fine. You know, I was um, rearing, raising my my sons and um, not really thinking about um, marriage or not really thinking about a committed relationship um, until uh, I got married. Mm. By that time, I think I was about 30 years old when I got married. Mm-hmm. And um, um, in our marriage, we uh, just talked about children. He had had a he had a son prior, but mm-hmm. but well, you know wanted more children, and I you know we discussed it, and um, so we started looking into how do we reverse the tubal, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So that we can um, possibly have a baby together. Hmm. And and so we started that journey. He went to the doctor, we went to the doctor and we uh, uh, asked the question, um, what? Uh, how do we reverse the tubal? And what is the percentage of the tubal, of uh, the reversal allowing us to, you know, conceive? Yeah. And so we then we started to uh, realize that the, the cost of it was super expensive. Yes. We couldn't yes. afford it. And so we sort of kind of went on about our business. Unfortunately, the marriage dissolved. Mm-hmm. And um, um, but then I, I was engaged again. I got engaged. Mm. And this time it was with a younger, a younger gentleman. Uh-huh. And he had never had children before. Hmm. And so before we started dating, you know, it was something that I had indicated to him. Now, this at this point, um, Stephanie, it wasn't just the tubal that was affecting us mm-hmm. or affecting me. But when 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 my doctor did the tub, uh, t- tubal, he also indicated to me that I have fibroids. Mm. And so he explain, said, "Explain to our listeners that are that are listening in what are fibroids, and um, is this the first indication that you knew you had them?" Yes, okay. yes, yes. So it was the first indication after the procedure, after the tubal, you know, in recovery. Uh, doctor came to me and said, "You know, of the, you know, everything went fine." He said, "But you have fibroids. Fibroids are are, are tumors." Or, or blood tumor cysts 
that resides in the in in the womb, blood, mm. blood clot cysts, mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. and, and it really is hereditary for African American women. Mm. Wow, African American women are 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 uh, about. Uh, I don't want to about 80 or 90 percent prone to fibroids and wow. that's another reason that that's another indicator that can prevent them having children yes 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 and so he said i was 24 uh you um not only did it not only did i tie your tubes like if you requested me to but in about 10 to 15 years you're gonna have to have a hysterectomy wow so he had already laid out, he had already laid out what you were going to need to do. This is really interesting too, because someone I was talking to a while ago, they were saying how many doctors go right to, you gotta get a hysterectomy in this amount of time. And so it's interesting that you just said that, because I was like, really? Um, and I only heard my mom talk about it because she had um, hysterectomy after she had me, but it, this this is very interesting so he tells you that you have to go and get a hysterectomy later on and you're at this point with your fiance you guys are kind of working through this no 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 let me back up a little okay, bit before so so when i was married my tubes were tied uh we couldn't conceive because of the tubal uh-huh i think i now i'm engaged and during that time um after the divorce and to when I met the, the the man that I was engaged to, the person I was engaged to, during mm -hmm. that span, that prophecy came to pass. I had to have a part. I had a partial hysterectomy. Wow. So I wasn't dealing with a tubal, the marriage aspect. I was dealing with the tubal, which could be wow. reversed. Right. Right. This aspect, I was dealing with a, a, a partial. Um, hysterectomy that yes. means i don't have a uterus mm. because of the fibroids and mm. the fibroids were so bad when i went to the doctor because i was a heavy bleeder i was mm -hmm. real uh, anemic uh, real yeah. bad and and when i went to the doctors they were like it's amazing that you were able to walk in i didn't know wow. how bad and then within a week's time they scheduled me with the specialist to have the hysterectomy and so wow. when they did the hysterectomy, the doctor said the fibroids was as big, it was so big that we were, they were supposed to do liposcopic, mm -hmm. but the fibroids were so big that they had to cut a C-section cut to remove them. Wow. Oh my goodness. That's like mind blowing. So mm -hmm. you went through this whole process. Um, how did you feel after it? And what was your revelation about, you know, your body and where you were in life? Right. Well, you know, at that time of my life, I wasn't, it was just me and my children and work mm -hmm. and church. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't dating. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, you know, there was no personal life going on there. Um, and then this was my thought. This was my thought pattern, my mindset, I should say. This was my mindset. Anybody that I marry, or I'll, I'll, or I will, the Lord will bring my way, or I'll, 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 they will already have children. Yeah. And they would be okay with me not being able to have children because yeah. I was at that age. You know, you're yeah. at that age where, you know, people have already had children, and mm -hmm. they're sort of kind of, um, um, 
the children are sort of kind of slowly Growing leaving up. the house, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So now you, you're at this mindset where whomever I meet, he will already have children or he doesn't want children. So I'm mm -hmm. okay. And yeah. that's how I felt. But that wasn't the case. Mm. That was not the case. I kept meeting these men that never had children, that wanted <laughs> children. <laughs> so now you're like, okay, uh -huh. what do we do with this? Right. So the, 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 the gentleman that proposed to me before we started dating, that was one of the things, because he was young, never had mm. children. And one of the things that I had, you know, um, expressed to him before we even start getting to know each other, I can't have children. Yeah. And not just that, listen, I got to the place where I didn't want anymore. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, so yeah. you know, a lot of people say when they, they just know when it's like they're done, like when they're done having their child. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's two, sometimes it's five, sometimes it's six. It, it just depends on the person, so it makes sense. Mm -hmm. So now, he, he was fine with it at the time. He was like, oh yeah, I'm okay, we can, we can adopt. There's other ways that we can have children. Mm. And you know, his, that was his desire, was yeah. to be a father. And so, and I was, I'm like, okay, I'm okay with that. But to be, so we, you know, we started the relationship and it ended up, uh, we ended up being engaged to be married. Mm -hmm. And listen, this, this is, this is the kicker. This is the kicker. Even though we had that conversation, right? Mm -hmm. That I'm not able to have children. Yeah. Are you okay with that? You know, uh, uh, we, there's other options we can do. Well, what, what, what dissolved the engagement, broke the engagement off was he wanted to be a father. Mm. Mm. Wow. Wow. A father. He wanted to produce his own seed. Wow. Which is understandable. Yeah. But crushing yeah. for me. <laughs> right. Right. You know, this is this is really interesting that we're talking about this because I think so many people don't talk about, you know, when you you get your tubes tied, um, you're in a relationship, you have that one person that wants more children and then it kind of dissolves into what you were exactly talking about. But you knew like that was the right thing for you to do. So what were some of your your mental struggles or or maybe obstacles that you went through and what did you tell yourself that? gave you that permission just to heal from that because I know that was probably devastating um to hear that and just being able to say you know what I can't do this you know I physically can't you know um and being okay with letting that person go to do the, live their life that that's a hard thing well I didn't have a choice <laughs> that's you, know, you don't have a choice yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't have a choice and you and and you do feel less than a person you feel less than a woman um, you feel rejected and you feel, I mean, it's one thing when you disclose it and you have to make that, this, this is what's going on. You've got to be sure right. when you take on this package, cause this is what you're getting. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of times you got to give, make room, make room for people to really, uh, be able to think about what you've just given them. Oh, mm -hmm. that, you know, that's a death sentence to them. Yeah. <laughs> you got the death sentence to them not being able to produce a seed. And yeah. so now you have them not so much be mindful of how that feels about 
with you, mm-hmm. but also the, the the pressure and the limitations you put on them. Mm-hmm. And so now you, so now with the help of faith, my faith, I was able to, uh, God was able to walk me through that, that, and it wasn't easy and it yeah. didn't happen overnight. It mm-hmm. took some years for yeah. me to come to where I'm at to say, right. you know what? You know, it was that was only the fair thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. That was, mm-hmm. you know, I understand his decision, and I'm not angry with them or bitter with them. Mm. That doesn't make me a less less than a woman. The circumstances were given to me because of health reasons, and yeah. I couldn't change that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is so powerful, you guys. You know what? If you know someone that needs to hear this, send this to them send this to them because there's so many people that are literally they have that same story and it just feels like a death sentence like you said like you you're at this point you just like I don't know what I'm gonna do you know I have I don't have a choice to be with this person anymore and I'm, I'm changing my, my life is changing and this is really interesting that you bring this up because even in conjunction with my own story you know um, I talk about this in the podcast that I do with my husband but we had a discussion when I got diagnosed with unexplained infertility, that it's okay for you to want to leave. Like that mm-hmm. is a hard, hard conversation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm like, we're married at this point. You know, we've been in this thing for a few years now. And, you know, I was just telling someone um, that I thought that we were just really accurate with our, our sex timing. So like that, we thought that we thought like, oh, we're doing it at the right time. We're not trying to have any kids right now. We got this. We doing it. You know, we're thinking we're doing it a certain way, and that's the reason why we're not getting pregnant. And it has nothing to even do with that. And so, you know, when you get to that point and you have to have that hard conversation, there's so many women that I've journeyed with personally that their husbands have left them or their wives have left the husband because of infertility or because of maybe a procedure that they had to get and it was a life or death situation and you know they made that decision you know and it's hard not to be judgmental towards them it's hard not to you know um carry that load or that burden with you um there's so many people that I know that have gotten you know their tubes tied and they are so much regret and so much pain and shame because they're like why did I do that you know um why did I put myself through that I don't want to do that I want to be able to have a baby and now I can't because of this and x y and z you know um but it felt like the right thing to do at that time you know so you know Mona you know we talked a lot about your journey um up to this point I'm gonna have us reverse a little bit for some of our listeners um as a single mother what was that experience like to you and what was the piece that encouraged you to um be the best mother you could be well you know I wasn't the best mother I could be I wasn't Mm. I wasn't, not when my children were young, because I didn't have a real good example before me. Wow. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to repeat what was repeat, what was done to me. So I, so certain things I didn't do, but, but being attentive and being present and being that, that homemaker, those yeah. skill sets I didn't have. I was, you know, I was more into, um, the uh, I'm, I'm very ambitious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I, you know, I'm a go-getter. I'm very ambitious, and and once I set my goal, my mind on something, I'm like a bulldog, and I'm yeah. going to accomplish it no matter what. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that affected my my ability to raise my children the mm-hmm. way that I would have liked to raise them. Does that yeah. make sense? Yes. And then having to work and having to provide and having to, you know, you know, take on the load uh, by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's a whole nother thing too, because now you've got them in daycare and you've got your you know, work all the time. So now I get into ministry hmm. uh, and I don't know balance, right? Hmm. This is and, interesting. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know balance. Balance isn't exemplified before me, nor is it requested of me. And mm. so now I'm in ministry and, and my children are in church all the time, right? Yeah. You know, and so there's that imbalancement or I'm out training to be a minister or I'm out doing ministerial stuff and, and my children hardly see me, hmm. right? Yeah. And I'm going overseas and I'm traveling. Not that, you know, I, I would always have somebody um, responsible home, you know, with, right. that, with, that was with my children. I wasn't neglectful at all. Right. I just wasn't right. attentive. And I right. wasn't using balance, wise judgment and balance. And I didn't learn that, Stephanie, until a couple of years ago. And, wow. you know, my, my family's grown. My children mm-hmm. are grown. Mm-hmm. And so God gave me a second chance to understand the importance of being a homemaker. And I love it. Mm-hmm. I, like, you know, I'm no longer, you know, some of the things I, I don't have my business and he took me out of the uh, marketplace and, and um, I do ministry, but uh, Corona has sort of kind of shut that down. And then my son, my oldest son need, needed my assistance. So I'm a caregiver to my mm-hmm. older son, mm-hmm. which allows me to be home and yeah. to understand the importance of being a mother, a parent, even with adult children, and being a homemaker. Does that wow. make sense? Cultivating yes. an atmosphere for your family to thrive in and 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 um um sh- be sheltered in. Yeah. Oh, I this don't is- think that we have that. Yeah, you know, this is so interesting to me because we, first of all, anybody that knows me knows my mom is like a minister and like literally she would have me out all night running here, running there, saving this person, praying for this person, bringing this over. I mean, literally that's all I knew was like a servant's heart, like being able to serve under people. And I loved, I like going out and doing stuff with her and going here and going there. But the one thing she always goes back to is that I did not have any balance. And when you're a single parent and you are trying to hustle and trying to, you know, fulfill your own dreams too, you know, your own desires, your own aspirations, um, there are pieces that you just lose. And that balance is a huge, huge, huge thing. So what are your three go-to when it comes to creating balance for yourself and really being present with your family, what are three things that you tend to always go back to so that you can find yourself in that balance? Well, first of all, I can tell if I'm frustrated or or, 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 or 
irritated that there's mm -hmm. something off. Mm -hmm. There's something I'm doing. I'm out of balance somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm all, or if there, there are things that are I'm not I, I'm neglecting. I, that's usually a first indicator that you, you, there's a you're out of balance somewhere because balance allows things to flow effortlessly. Hmm. And balance also allows the tranquility and the peace and the happiness. Hmm. So if you're frustrated or if there is anger or, or irritation, that's an indicator that there's somewhere that you're, you're leaning over to the left too much or to the right too much. There's not a yeah. balance. So I have to go back in and say, okay, what am I, what am I doing too much of? Yeah. Or what at, what have I stopped doing? Does that yeah. make sense? What yes. am I doing too much of? Or what have I stopped doing? Mm. And once I was able to um, go back in to reassess, right? Mm -hmm. You have to reassess it. Yep. You have to be sensitive to know that it, it's happening. Yeah. Then you have to go back in and reassess it. And once you reassess it and you realize the, the issues, then you have to go back in there and implement to bring wow. that balance back. Yeah. Oh, you guys... <laughs> I don't know how much of that just hit you, but that definitely just hit me. That was a gem that I know that many of us need to be reminded of. I think so many times we look at our lives and we want to be ambitious and we want to do this and we want to do that, but we forget that piece of balance that is crucial, not just to us, but to our families too. You know, um, when we're thinking about how we uh, begin our journey with um, connecting with either husband, wife, fiance, children, people around us, community, you have to consider how are you keeping yourself balanced so that you know that you can give the best that you possibly can to whatever situation. If there's anything that you could do over in your life, like if you were like, you know what, if I could do this over as a mom or do this over as a wife, whatever, what is it the, the piece of advice that you have for our listeners today? Wow. Well, you know, I think that everything that I've done has brought me to the place that I'm at now mm. and also have made me the woman that I am now. Mm. You know, that's huge, you know, and yeah. there is there are times you can regret and you, I wished I would have. I wished I would have. I wished I would have uh, and, and not really realize that everything played a part. <laughs> to who you are and what you're doing today. I don't hmm. think that if I, if any of these things never played a part, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you, sharing the story. Yes. So so I take it all, all good. Another thing is I had to be okay with the decisions I made, good, bad, or otherwise, so that I can quit beating myself up and shaming myself, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I had to be okay with some right decisions. I made a lot of right decisions. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I made a lot of wrong decisions. And I had to learn from the wrong decisions, celebrate the right decisions and learn from the wrong decisions. Decisions. So I guess what I would say is this, every decision I made that I wished I could do, go back and do, I don't wish I can go back to do it. I, I'm wishing that I'm learning from it so that I could implement a different structure or infrastructure in the future. Wow. 
Wow. That that's so deep. That's so deep, you guys. I, I'm just loving this conversation because we're hitting so many pieces when we think about just womanhood and we think about our personal stories and how they make up who we are and how they make up um, how we're going to be in the future and making decision to use those things for positive. You know, it's this is a story that I hope touches your heart and touches your mind, touches your soul, touches your spirit, because this is a journey that we all have to take, which is life. And so many of us have some of those similar life stories and we never hear about them. And so what is the one last thing that you want to send out to our listeners today about being a mother? So, I, you know, what go, I'm going back to the decision I made to get my, to have my tubes tied. And that decision didn't come from a, a rational place. Hmm. It came from a place of fear and not wanting to recreate the, 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 the past. Hmm. Yeah. And so I would say when we're making really life changing decisions that we sit back and make them from a place of, 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 of healthiness, hmm. not from a place of not wanting to repeat the past or revisit our painful place. So I'm going, and so if I had to leave a decision about motherhood and, and parenting and, and, and conceiving children, having children, um, is whatever decision you make, make sure you're making it from the right place hmm. and for the right reasons. Because in the, in, down, the, down the road, it's going gonna, it's gonna to revisit you. Hmm. It's going to revisit you. Uh -huh. And there's consequences to that decision. Wow. And so let's make sure that we're making it from a place of wholeness and not a place from brokenness. Man, y'all, that was deep. I am just so excited about this segment, you guys. The words that Mona just spoke to you guys, if you know someone that is needing this right now, send it to them. Um, you know, just, you know, I would say, don't give them candy, don't give them flowers, don't give them a card, send them a podcast, something that's gonna feed their mind, their soul, their spirit, something that is going to help them in the long run. And it's so crazy because when you're talking and you're saying all this stuff, I can think of like several people that have made some of these decisions and they're just like, man, why did I do that? You know, and if someone was there to just say, hey, look, you're not in a good place right now, don't make a decision. Just wait. You know, um, you don't have to, you don't have to do something. Just wait. And that is a hard and difficult situation. Um, and when you make those decisions, you have to live with them. And it's very hard sometimes to do that. You guys, I'm sending you strength and love today. I want to thank you so much for joining us today in this podcast. I hope that it touched your mind, your soul, your spirit. You guys, we have Mona's bio right below this podcast. So if you have questions, you want to reach out to her, that's a little tidbit how you can get a hold of her. Um, but we want you guys to know that we love each and every one of you guys. We hope that this series strengthens your mind, your spirit, your soul. And again, we're sending strength and love. Until next time, you guys, see you later. Bye.